without Jesus, how lost I would be. Without Him. I've had several different thoughts this week. Uh, struggled to maybe find what the Lord would have me bring forth, and sometimes it's out of way. Finally, we got settled on something, and uh, I've got several verses of Scripture, and most of the time we try to, and half the time we don't ever read them all. I just want to follow what God puts on our heart this morning. And I ask you this morning with the sincerity of my heart to listen to what the Word of God says, to listen to the, to the convicting and drawing power of God. Not only do you hear it with your mind, I, I tend to believe it this way, this is a heart work. But Jesus said, He that hath ear, let him hear. You have to hear with this ear. Mind has to process, but then it pricks the heart. You have to hear. And the Word of God, as long as you hear and you open your ear, it'll have its effect as long as you allow it to. I want you this morning to hear what the Word of God says. I don't recall what it was the preacher that night preached that I come under conviction. But I know that it had its effect. It pricked my heart. I pray tonight, or excuse me, this morning, that it'll have its same effect. I've heard folks tell me uh, different times, Brother Casey, I, 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 you know, the Lord is not dealing with me or, or I, I, you know, Different things. Uh, I feel like sometimes, uh, and it's not for me to question, that's between them and the Lord, uh, but sometimes they're very eager to push away the drawing power of God. No man can cometh unto the Lord Jesus unless the Father that sent him draweth him. And he'll draw you because he desires that you might be saved. I was listening this week to... Uh, I've told y'all before that uh, there's a, a, a preaching brethren from over around Macon County uh, that is uh, do, uh, looking up some old recordings of some old preachers that we have, and, and uh, he's putting them online and got to thinking about those old preachers this week and got to thinking about the things that they preached, and I'm thankful that they're still in the same line as what we preach today. Um, I was thinking about, I hadn't thought of him for very long, and I'm sure y'all have heard of him, Brother Cal, Cal Gregory, as he's called. Uh, uh, he was a pastor over at Macy's Hill for several years and uh, was thinking about those things and those preachers and how the Lord had used them and the wonderful things that come through and what the church was able to see during those years. And I'm going to shortly, we're going to, I'm going to take a reading this morning from Ephesians in the second chapter. And then we're going to go over into Jeremiah in the 6th chapter. And a lot of this is very familiar to you today. Uh, but we want to try to look at a few things. 2nd chapter of Ephesians. I want you to listen. Now, I, I know that a lot of times little children, when church starts, you know, uh, some might, even my littlest, and uh, 
Uh, I believe in trying to keep them uh, quiet as you can. And I'm, listen, I'm thankful that there's children in our church. Uh, but when church time starts, if they're getting on up to a certain age, I believe it's time for them to listen. And uh, that's the way I see it. Uh, but I want to look here in the second chapter of Ephesians, in the first verse. Apostle Paul was writing to the church there at Ephesus, and uh, they were saved, but he was trying to bring them back to a place of remembrance. And here in the second chapter, he says, And you hath he quickened. He said, talking about the Lord, had made them alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. There was a time that was previous to them being quickened by the Spirit of God and being made alive that they were dead in their trespasses and sins. He said, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he helped us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might shew the exceedingly riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now I want to stop there with the mistakes that we've made reading. There in Ephesians in the second chapter, the first verse, uh, down through the tenth verse. And I want to take this morning, if you'll hold your place there, and I want to take for our text in the sixth chapter of Jeremiah in the sixteenth verse. Jeremiah 6 and 16. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, wherein is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Let's go on a little further. Also I said, Watchmen over you, saying, Hearken unto the sound of the trumpet. But they said, We will not hearken. Therefore hear, ye nations, and know, O congregation, what is among them. Hear, O earth, and behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. And I want to stop there for just a moment, if you will, and go back over here into Ephesians. And he said that in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And he said there in the third verse, he said, And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. 
And this morning, I want to talk to you just a little bit about your nature and my nature. And here, as the uh, Apostle Paul is directing them, uh, he is telling them about a, uh, a nature in this sense means natural. Uh, it is natural sense. He said it is whereby your nature uh, to have been uh, in the disobedience of children or the children of wrath, even as others. And this morning, I, this week, as I began to ponder upon these things and pray and meditate on them, I was thinking about how that we are uh, after the seed of Adam, and it is our nature uh, being born of the seed of Adam, how that we are born into this world. Uh, if you look over in the 51st Psalms, it talks about how David said, I know uh, that I was born uh, into iniquity, into sin. Uh, he talks about being born of a woman and, and being born into sin. And I realize there's a lot of people that have a hard time with that. Uh, but I realize, and that's what the Scripture teaches, uh, that we are all born from Adam. Uh, he was the first man. That's what the name of Adam means is man. And we all come from a likeness of his nature. And nature being how that God had given him one law. Uh, he told him of every tree of the garden that he might eat of it. He told him uh, uh, all the things therein he might eat. But he gave him one law instructing him that he should not break it, lest he should surely die. And he said in this garden, he said, The tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, lest you shall surely die. And we know the scripture says then that uh, Satan, uh, the serpent, he came upon the scene. Uh, he tempted and beguiled Eve there in the garden. And she did eat. Uh, she told, uh, he told her, he said, You know, as, as when you eat of this, you'll become as God, knowing good and evil. Uh, so uh, he had an influence on her. And uh, we know then, the Scripture says, and I, I, I've had people ask me, well, uh, how long was it uh, there that uh, Adam was in the garden and Eve was in the garden? I don't know how long it was. I don't know how long that uh, Adam uh, uh, walked in the coolness of day and, and had communication, had fellowship with God. I don't know how long that was. I do believe that he had fellowship with him for a time. I don't know if it was, uh, and really I don't think we need to get too hung up on that, uh, but I don't know. But what I do know is that he had fellowship with God. He talked with him, and then there come a time when he, their, their eyes was open. They, they knew their nakedness, the Bible says, and they went and tried to hide themselves. And we know then that they tried to sow fig leaves about themselves, uh, trying to cover their shame. Uh, but this morning, I want you to understand that we are all born in that same nature. Every single one of us has that nature of sin. Now, I realize this morning there comes a time, and y'all pray for me. I will try to get this out. Uh, there comes a, a, a point in time uh, when a, a, a boy or a girl or a, a man or a woman will realize their sin nature. They'll realize that uh, just as Adam tried to go and hide himself, uh, uh, my friend, you'll hear the preaching of the Word, or uh, you'll hear about Jesus. And, and my friend, I believe in all of my heart this morning, you've got to hear about Him. Uh, you've got to know in whom you're trying to seek. Uh, this morning, I believe you've got to hear about the Lord Jesus. I believe that's the reason why He commissioned the church and sent her out, so that they might proclaim the name of Jesus. Uh, so you've got to hear about Him. 
uh, this morning. That's what the apostle said. He said, um, I believe over there in, uh, in, uh, in the Roman letter, uh, in the 10th chapter, he talks about how, uh, how should they believe in whom they had not heard? You've got to hear about him. But my friend, there comes a point in time when you've heard about the Lord Jesus. And you've heard about how that you're a sinner. For we know then the 6th chapter of uh, Romans and the 21st, 23rd verse says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal uh, life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, you've got to hear about him, but the wages of sin is death. And this morning, I began to think about this old-time way. And I want you to know and understand this morning as we begin to look at some of this. And I don't mean to hurt any feelings. That's not what this job's about. But I'm trying to warn you. The Apostle Paul called him out and he said, In a time previous to this, before you were saved, he said, You was the children of wrath. He said, You walked according to the nature of this word. And I know sometimes it's hard for us to understand it, even though uh, they do it out of ignorance, uh, not knowing any better. But a lot of times people walk around in a lost condition, being lost and separated from God, because they're fearful to make a step towards the Lord. They're fearful in a sense of acknowledging that they're lost and separated. They're fearful in a, in a sense that people's going to say things to them or mock them or laugh at them. Uh, they're fearful in judgment of people cast upon them, what people's going to think. But listen, ultimately this morning, it comes down between you and God. And this morning, if, if you've never been saved, if you've never been born again, you stand in need this morning of something that I cannot give you. I love you this morning. This church loves you with all of their heart. And I want you to know that. But my friend, what you stand in need of, I cannot give to you. You can shake the preacher's hand and you can hug him and you can sing hymns all day long. And boy, that's good stuff. But unless you've been born again, bought and purchased with the precious blood of Christ, my friend, uh, there's no other way that you're going to get there. He said, but you were born the children of wrath. People have a hard time with that. But my friend, unless you are one of God's, unless you are one of His, my friend, then you are this morning the children of the wrath. People have a hard time with that, but I want you to understand, unless you've been bought and purchased with the blood of Jesus, you're not one of His. You're not. Now listen, our old preachers used to preach it this way. And I believe it to be true. Unless you are one of the Lord Jesus Christ, unless you've been bought and purchased with the Lamb of God, you're not one of His. That's the reason this morning when you die, and you, uh, listen, uh, when you die and your soul leaves the body, that uh, the Lord is looking for one thing and one thing only. He's looking to see if the blood of the Lamb's been applied. I was thinking about, uh, 
the Apostle Paul and how he, uh, let's go over here to Acts in the 26th chapter. Acts in the 26th chapter. Apostle Paul here was speaking to Agrippa. Here in the 13th verse, he said, At midday, O king, I saw a light. Excuse me. At midday, O king, I saw the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when all, excuse me, and when we were all falling to earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me, saying in Hebrew, Tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand to thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen, of those things which I will uh, appear unto thee, delivering from thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I sin, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin, inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Now, he's sitting here talking to Agrippa, and he begins to explain to him what happened to him, and I believe it happened to him on the road to Damascus. He said at midday, he give him a time and a place. He said at midday, O king, and he told him, he said that uh, the brightness, uh, he said, a light come down to the brightness of the sun shining around about me and them that journeyed with me. And he said, I heard a voice speaking unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And this morning, I want you to know when you become lost and separated from God, we hear about that still small voice. Uh, my friend, this morning, I've never heard an audible voice from God. But I want you to know when you are lost and separated from God, uh, he'll let you know. He'll speak to your heart, and he'll let you know that you're lost. Now, I believe Paul here, uh, he, he did hear that voice. But listen, God will speak to your heart, and he'll let you know that you're lost and separated from him. I believe here that he, uh, uh, some people uh, believe that uh, uh, Saul was saved there after Ananias come to him. I don't believe that. He doesn't give any example of this in this scripture. He gives his experience of what God done to him. What God done for him. I believe he saved his soul there on the road to Damascus. And after he was saved, then he told him what he must do. He said, but arise and stand to your feet. He said, for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness of both of these things which thou hast seen. Now listen, he said this to me sums up the, Paul's ministry. It says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. That was his purpose. That's what God had called him to. His job was to go out into those Gentiles and to preach to them that their eyes might be opened from darkness to light. And my friend, this morning, it is in our nature it's our nature to walk closeness to the darkness of this world. But my friend, I'm thankful this morning for the Lord Jesus and the light that he bears. For John over there in the first chapter says he is the true light. 
And his light shines out into a lost and dying world that's full of darkness. We look at the world all around us today. But my friend, the gospel of Jesus Christ is still going out. It's still shining out into a lost world. Into this dark old world. It's still shining out. And that's still what we're trying to do. That we might help open your eyes. That you might see that you're lost and separated from God. And that you need to be saved. He said, and from the power of Satan unto God. He said that they might turn you from the power of Satan unto God. You may not realize it this morning, and maybe you do. I know how it was for me when I was lost. I know how it was for me when God was dealing with my heart. That he began to knock on my heart and he began to draw me. He was working on my heart, and he was knocking at my heart, letting me know that something wasn't right. There was a fear that come upon me that I cannot explain to you with an exception that I was scared to the fact that if I died, I knew that I was going to hell. That place hell become real to me. And God was knocking right here at my heart, and as he was knocking, he was drawing me. He was drawing me. Now, I didn't have to go to an altar. I didn't. Listen, there was no specific place that I had to go but to the Lord. That's where I had to go. I didn't realize. I didn't realize at that point that, and maybe I've seen it more through the years, that Satan had me. Listen to me this morning. I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're lost and separated from God, and the Lord Jesus, God, he's given you another opportunity to be saved, and you're not making a move towards that effect, he, Satan has got you right where he wants you this morning. He's got you right where he wants you. Letting you think that everything's okay. Letting you think in your heart that everything's all right. Boy, I've got another day. I've got another Sunday. If I just make it through this service, everything's going to be all right. Listen, that ain't the way that it is. We talk about this all the time, that the living know that they shall die. But listen this morning. I want you to know that it's serious business. We're talking about the soul of man, the most precious thing that you have. Then we live in a modern day world where people have a feeling of just mere acceptance towards Jesus. Let me make this very clear. I believe that you need to accept the fact that you're a sinner. I believe that. But the Lord Jesus does the accepting. You need to accept the fact this morning that you are a sinner by nature. That's what we're born into. We are a sinner by nature. But my friend, this morning, thanks be unto God, even though sin is my nature, my nature, that's sin. I, I, I live, listen, I can't, I couldn't help it when I was born. That's what I was born into. But I'm thankful this morning that God made a way.
If you'll remember, there in the garden, after they had sinned, God told them, I believe he preached Jesus to them. He said, there's going to be one that's going to be born. And I'm paraphrasing this, but he said, there's one that's going to be born. And he said, his heel shall crush his head. He said, even though he may bruise his heel, he's going to crush his head. And my friend, this morning, Jesus Christ has crushed him. He's crushed him. And I began to think about, through all of this, I was telling you over there in Jeremiah, in 6 and 16, and uh, there in the first chapter, it talks about how that uh, Jeremiah was born. And how God had set him aside for this work. And he told him, he said, you go and preach. He said, don't be fearful. Don't look at the way they're going to look at you, but you go tell them about me. In the second chapter, you'll find there that he says that, uh, basically, he said that they had forsaken the fountain of living water. And they built cisterns, broke cisterns. We live in a day and world where people want to make this just as simple as they can. And my friend, I don't want to overcomplicate it to you this morning. But I do want you to know that there is a process this morning that takes place, and it can happen just immediately if you'll go to the Lord. I believe in my heart this morning you've got to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. It's got to be broken. Why is it broken? Well, he says over there, uh, Paul says that godly sorrow work with repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of. But worldly sorrow work at death. Why is that heart broken? Because you see yourself as a sinner in the eyes of God, knowing that without the help of the Lord Jesus, without Him, that you'll die and you'll perish forever and forever. Without Him. They had uh, forsaken the fountain of living water and had built cisterns and broke cisterns. Other means, they were broken as it was. My friend, we live in a day and time in the world today. People want to make this old-time way just as uh, they want to pollute it down and they want to make it into something that it's not. And my friend, it's not up to me to tell you whether or not you've been saved, but my friend, I want you to know this morning that it's always been by faith. I believe in my heart as Adam was there with Eve and he preached to him Jesus and he made them a covering. And I heard uh, uh, Brother Jimmy Hogue the other night, he made a comment of church association. He said, I believe that he sacrificed a lamb and covered him with it. And I thought, amen, brother. He made a covering for them. A picture of Jesus. Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness sake. He believed the Lord. And this morning I want you to know that you're going to have to believe in him. It's always been by faith. Always. Those old saints, they had to look through the eye of faith at the promise of a Messiah that would come. And today we are still, uh, my friend, looking through faith. The Scripture says that we walk by faith and not by sight. 
I didn't believe because I seen the Lord Jesus and I seen the miracles that He did. But I believed because He put it in my heart. Well, that's what Ephesians says. He says that... uh, It says there that... uh, Well, I've done lost my place. But it says He helped us. And... uh, He does help us. But my friend, you've got to come to God with as much faith as you can. If you come to the altar seeking God or you make an altar in your heart somewhere, and before you ever get to that point, you think, Lord, he ain't never going to save me. He ain't never going to save me. Listen, it ain't up between me and him, but you've got to come to a, a place that you've got it in your heart. Lord, I'm going to come to you. I'm not getting up from this place today until you save me. And Lord, I know that you're going to save me. I'm just, listen, you ain't got anywhere else to go but to the Lord Jesus. We're living in a day and time today that the world, uh, there's all kinds of promotion of different religions and all kinds of things today. But listen to me, I want you to know that every one of those that have been preached All of these other uh, uh, different religions that have been preached today, people say, well, uh, there's different ways to get to heaven. No, there ain't. There ain't but one way to get to heaven. That's it, and it's through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's all kinds of different ways. Well, it's just a different way to get there. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. There ain't but one way to get there. When I was thinking about these things, and I was thinking about all the different religions throughout the world today and all this, what I used to call it, easy believism. Uh, you know, come and just accept Christ and pray this prayer. Listen, I experienced some of that stuff firsthand. I can tell you about it. I've experienced it. But it was a whole different ball game when the Lord convicted me of my sin whenever I was just a nine-year-old little boy. You realize every single one of those false prophets, or every single one of those uh, uh, false gods, those that people put their confidence in, it went no more than just a man than me and you. Every one of them was laid in a tomb somewhere, and you know what? Every one of them still in a tomb somewhere. But the God that we serve today, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to pay a price that we couldn't pay, gave his life on a cross at Calvary. And he gave it in such a way that it pleased the Father. They placed him in a tomb. They sealed that tomb thinking, well, we'll keep him from getting out. We'll keep him from getting in. And on the third day, he come up out of that tomb for he's alive. He lived. I was thinking about what Jeremiah said over there. He said, Stand ye. Got a new book. He said, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and you shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. 
I've heard all kinds of different people preach this text, but I want you to know what I believe. He told them about that living, uh, that water of, uh, that fountain of living water. He was telling them, stand ye in the ways of your fathers that they've always known. They've always preached Jesus, for they had to see through the eye of faith and believe. He said, they built cisterns, those cisterns is broken down. He said, but stand ye in the old ways, the paths that you know. Listen, this is the only way that I know. I was talking to Brother Strode, made mention that last Sunday. He said, Brother Casey, it's the only way I want to know. Me too. Me too. Stand ye in the old ways. He said, and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and you shall find rest for your soul. This old time way, as far as a man or a boy or a young man or woman, listen, if you're ever going to be saved, you're going to have to seek God. I hope today that you can see if you're here and lost that there's a separation between you and God. And the only one that can reconcile that separation is Jesus. You stand in a great need today for the wages of sin is death. Listen to me this morning. When you're lost and separated from God, you're dead in your sins and trespasses. And the only person that can give you life is Jesus. He said, I give you life. He said that you might have it more abundantly. You want to know what it is to truly live? Come experience with that broken heart, that contrite spirit. Come to the Lord with everything you've got. Come seek Him with everything that you've got. Pour out your heart. Listen this morning. The Lord knows where you are. He knows everything about you. But this morning there may have been times that you've sat back and rejected the Lord. And, and I've heard people say, well, I don't understand that. Listen, I, I know tonight that, the, listen, the Lord can save somebody that becomes lost. In the very same night, he can save you know how I know that? Because that's the way it happened for me. I didn't have to go years and years seeking the Lord, and I thank God for that. But if you're here and lost, I want you to know that you're going to have to forsake everything else. Jesus Christ, the Lord, He has to be all in all for you, everything to you. He told him over there, I believe it's over in Luke, He said, uh, He said, you must... Uh, he used it this way, but he said, you must hate your mother and your brother. And he goes down through the list, and people's had a hard time with that. But listen, what he's saying is you've got to be willing to forsake them. You've got to forsake everything else. Can't nothing stand in your way of seeking God. He also made the comment, he said, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out. He said, if thy right hand or left hand offend thee, uh, uh, cut it off. What's he mean? There's nothing in this world worth dying and going to hell over. There's nothing. Everything here is going to perish. 
But my friend, no matter what's standing in your way, you've got to get it out of the way and go to the Lord with a whole heart and seek Him. And my friend, I believe in everything that makes me up today. If you'll go to the Lord, I don't know it any other way. If you'll go to the Lord with your whole heart. We talk about repentance and faith. You realize when I was seeking God, well, there had been no way that I could have repented for everything that I could have ever done. You know where the repentance come from? Right here. Right here. Some people say, well, it's a change of mind. No, it ain't. Yeah, you've got to change your way of living. But the Lord take care of that after he saved you. My friend, when you see yourself as what you are, as a sinner in the eyes of God, and you come to him with a whole heart, willing to forsake everything else, Lord, I want you and I want you more than anything that's hurt. I want it to go away. All I know was there was hurt and there was trouble. And this right here was hurting. I didn't know how, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. All I knew was there was hurt. And I was scared that I was going to die and go and burn forever and ever, separated from my family, separated from God, separated from everything I'd ever known. And I went to the Lord and I just started praying. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to say. I just started pouring my heart out. Lord, please, please. All I could remember was just saying, please. But you know what happened? Finally, he looked down upon my heart. He seen my heart. And he took every bit of that trouble that was there, and he rolled it all away. He rolled all of that trouble away. It was gone. It was there no more. And he put peace right here in my heart. Peace. He settled it here. He settled peace right here in my heart. So you ask me what I'm counting on to take me home one day after a while. It's what he's done for me. I might get a little weary of crossing that Jordan River. Death so chilly waters one day after a while. But boy, I'm telling you. I'm going to see Him. I'm going to see the Lord Jesus. Because I'm walking by faith and not by sight. Listen, if what God has done for me, if what God done for me as a nine-year-old boy, if that don't get me there, I don't know what else will. So what about you today? Are you lost? Are you separated? Do you feel this overwhelming conviction that's in your heart that lets you know that you're lost and separated from God? Do you feel a fear of hell that going and burning forever and ever and ever and ever? You go on to read parts of Jeremiah, and he says, uh, he talks about how his fury shall not be hidden. Listen. You look in the world today and you think, boy, it's getting pretty bad out there. Folks, hell is even beyond imaginable what we can even think about. 
I've tried to describe that place and listen to me today. It's a place of torment. The Bible says that it's weeping and gnashing of teeth. People's crying out. Crying out. Lord, save me. You know, I oftentimes thought this way, that lost people, people that go to hell, you know what they're crying out now? Lord, I believe now. I believe. But you know what? It's too late for them. It's not too late for you. That lake of fire that'll never stop burning. Why would you want to go to that awful place? Why would you even want a chance going to that awful place when you've got the opportunity to seek God right now? Because I'm going to tell you this. There won't be any excuse when you stand before a righteous judge. You won't be able to say, well, I didn't know. You won't be able to say, well, I, I just, I didn't have time. God's give you time right now. Won't you come and seek God? Come and seek the Lord today. If you're not one of His, if you're not one of God's, come and seek Him today. If God is dealing with your heart, come and seek Him. Come experience what it is for God to give you peace. If you've never had peace, come experience it today. Won't you come seek the Lord I'm thankful for this old-time way. I'm thankful that God is able to reveal it to you when you're lost and when he saved you. Won't you come seek God? Go ahead. Are we sing? just want to thank him for sending Jesus that I don't have to be eternally separated from him. Uh, I thank God for this sermon. If we'll stand and turn to number 189.